Do you suffer from anxiety? Do you have obsessive worry, uh, maybe fears, phobias, or uncertainty? Well, that's the subject of this podcast number 17. Hello, my name is Steve Barham. I'm an emotional researcher and I'm Happiness Today on Twitter for Happiness is No Charge, which is the name of my work. This podcast is a remake of my anxiety video. It was a very windy day, and so there's a lot of blustering sounds, uh, and it's hard to understand in some places, so I thought I would remake it indoors this time as a podcast so that it would be a lot clearer. Anxiety. Do you suffer from emotions associated with anxiety such as worry, apprehension, nervousness, maybe you're nervous, fears, maybe you've had a terrifying horrible experience. Would you like a technique for that? Do you suffer from anxiety? I do. I had a thi- my thyroid burned out and lack of thyroid has as symptoms gives us anxiety and even depression issues. So I have episodes. So this podcast is on anxiety and how the technique I discovered can help it. What keeps an emotional state like anxiety in play? I've found that it's the chronically turned on emotions of anxiety. And would you like a technique to turn those emotions off, at least for this episode? I'm not saying you're going to get rid of all of your anxiety and never have it again. I'm saying that this particular episode can be stopped. It can reduce and it can even cease. This particular episode might not even come back as a flashback. A lot of flashbacks are based on the emotion in and of behind the flashback. This is a psychosomatic phenomenon. I studied psychosomatic phenomenon for two years back in the 70s. Okay, that's where I got my training. Well, we stop flashbacks by stopping the negative emotion in the flashback, and that includes some emotions of anxiety. Well, what are those? I just happen to have a list. (laughs) I made a list one day. So anxiety emotions, basically any type of small, mild concern, or worry is the beginning of the anxiety range of emotions. It's like a spectrum. There's this spectrum of different emotions and different emotional wavelengths and you have all these different emotions. At this end you have the mild ones and at this ones you have the more severe ones. Okay. So at the milder end we have worry but then it can become over worry ruminating thoughts, scenario building, if this, if this, if this, if this, if I can just do this, if I can just do that, if, 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 if. Ad infinitum sometimes, and the brain just won't shut off sometimes because it's full of anxiety, anxiousness, 
nervousness, anxiousness. I'm anxious about something, okay? That's why they call it anxiety, I guess. We have expectations of more stress. The subconscious mind is expecting more stress as a pattern. It sees and associates a pattern of this stress and this stress and this stress and this stress, and now I'm worried about another stress. I expect another stress. I anticipate another stress. The subconscious is anticipating another stress. Anticipation is a can be a part of anxiety. And over-anticipation. Doubts. Doubts and doubts and doubts and doubts. Doubting yourself. Doubting your choice. Doubting what happened. Doubting everything is in your existence. You know, everything you ever learned. Was it true or not? Or whatever, you know. This brings about uncertainty. And uncertainty as an emotion. I ran into it one day. And I did my technique on it. It went away. It took a while, but it went away. Uh, and I had a great weekend, and it did not return, even though the situation was ongoing. So there's a certain amount of insecurity in anxiety because we don't know. We are uncertain about what the heck is going to happen next. When is the next shoe going to drop, right? Uncertainty, trepidation. We're getting into mild fear, okay? trepidation, apprehension. This is one of the things that is needed for a diagnosis of anxiety is avoidance, arousal, and apprehension. Is that okay? Is that all right? Is this all right? There was a guy at an institution once. I read a book on nursing once, uh, the nurse and the mental patient. There was a guy in an institution once. He wanted to know if it was okay to eat. No, really. He had an apprehension about eating. Is it okay for me to eat this? I'm not. He had an uncertainty there, see? I'm not hurting anybody by eating this, am I? He had a confusion there, right? They eventually helped him. So we are cautious. We are wary. We are leery of something. Intimidation means to instill fear. So when we are intimidated, we are starting to feel fear. So there can be fear and distress and phobias, fears. And that phobia may not be about what the phobia seems to be about. You can have a arachnophobia, fear of spiders, right? But it might not be the spider that you're actually afraid of, but something associated with spiders maybe in the subconscious, like maybe cobwebs or a dark area or whatever. So I had a friend who had a daughter in high school who was afraid to go up the stairs at high school. She couldn't, she could do it with somebody else helping her, but she couldn't go up the stairs by herself. Turns out she's not afraid of the stairs, although you might call it stereophobia, right? It's not. It's really second floor a phobia. She'd had a bad experience on the second floor, doesn't want that to happen again, so she avoids the second floor. Her subconscious mind gives her the fear signal and petrifies her on the stairs 
before she gets to the second floor. See, it's not about the stairs. You get the warning before the danger, right? So where was the dangerous place? On the second floor. So you can't be on the second floor, so you get the warning signal on the stairs. So it's not really stereophobia, and it might not actually be arachnophobia, fear of spiders. It could be a fear of a fear of dark places or where spiders something dark that the spider might represent to a person a fear so it triggers a fear but it seems to be about spiders but it's not there is a leeriness that I might meet the narcissist across the street here at the mobile home park at potluck and I don't want that so I do my technique and I still go to potluck and even if he sits right next to me it doesn't bother me I'll handle it I'll do my technique or I'll do something else I learned how to handle narcissists it can be fun so there can be paralytic fear petrified what we call petrified I was going to go up on the roof to uh, check a leak and just like my friend's daughter I couldn't go up the ladder to get to the roof. A shooting shock of paralytic fear shot down my back and I couldn't lift my legs to go up to the roof. I came down in a huff, I did the technique, it took, you know, it didn't take me days or whatever, it didn't take hours, it only took about 15 or 20 minutes of doing the technique that fear stopped and I went up on the roof the next day with no problem. So the technique works very well on negative emotions. Well, we talk about the next thing is horror. And we talk about the horrors of war where there are a lot of horrors and not just the horrors of war. There's the horrors of family, people who are supposed to love and care about you and you're supposed to love and care about them but you end up arguing and fighting and blaming and this that and it can just end up being horrific then there's terrified terrified terror ah, ah, in terror <gasps> okay this is a traumatized state this is a traumatized level levels of anxiety are levels of trauma mild to severe maybe but they are a traumatized state around this level of terrified or horrified. It's trauma, it traumatized and traumatization. And in this, there's a real big factor called shock, terror. <gasps> okay, the shock, you know, mortified or whatever. Okay, the shock. So there can be shock and stark raving terror, panic. Panic has a lot of shock and it can be psychosomatic. I have had psychosomatic events of panic attacks. I stopped them with my technique. And while it took a, quite a while for some of them, normally, normally it doesn't take uh, a while. Sometimes it might take well, there was this one time when I was going across uh, to another town and had this uh, panic attack and uh, it took over and back and over and back and over and back and over and back about a half hour each way about three times before it went away. The fourth time I didn't feel anything. So it can take a while. That took days, over several days. 
That took hours about maybe three hours of cumulative time. But most of the time it doesn't take that long. The latter in incident took only 15, 20 minutes. A lot of things depend, uh, you know, uh, go down in a lot less time and sometimes it takes longer. So there can be hysteria in anxiety. I put it at the lower range of anxiety and this is overwrought and distraught and having a breakdown and why this and why that and and what am I going to do what am I going to do what am I going to just panic and distraught and overwrought okay I've been there it took 40 minutes to stop my hysteria episode one time and then there is just plain utter shock and numb and this is when you are left at the bottom end of anxiety, just out of it, okay? Like a drained balloon, you know? Just deflated and empty and hollow and just, uh, you know, nothing. It's just utter shock and numb. This is the bottom range of hysteria. And actually kind of the beginning range of depression because they talk about emptiness, hollowness, and nothingness. It's a type of emotional numbness. And there's a lot of shock in that. So I hope that helps. I, as a researcher, it's been 10 years of doing this technique, about 11 years. And of me doing the technique on myself and other people's have done the technique and even on anxiety and even deep depression but also normal little things happen you know uh, I did the technique on my shock and the breakdown of my uh, car accident I've had uh, the loss of thyroid and the PTSD and in the 90s back in the 90s I had a stroke and so I uh, had a lot of these physiological problems I had a really bad case of uh, candida and leaky gut uh, syndrome back then. And in 2007, I was left in a state of debilitating shock and just numb. And that was the beginning of my shot nerves and PTSD. And I was like that without any help for two years. When in 2009, I had a realization and I discovered this technique. And so... I wrote up my 10 years of, of emotional research into a book, Happiness is No Charge to Target Your Emotions. And this is all about emotional charge and how to get at it. And it is a term in the psychological dictionary. It means bottled up emotions that come up violently like with anger, a sudden anger episode. So my first symptoms started up in 2001 with explosive anger episodes. And anger is a stress emotion, okay? So there's many ranges of emotions. There's pressure range, stress range, anxiety range, a hysteria range, depression range, and suicidal range. So if you're interested in a technique that can help you stop these ranges and, you know, emotions associated with anxiety, then I recommend you get my book. It's very, 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 very helpful. So I'm Steve Barham. I'm Happiness Today on Twitter for Happiness is No Charge.
And since a lot of this emotional charge business has to do with psychosomatic events, then please check out podcast number 18 on psychosomatic phenomena and events. So thank you for listening. I deeply appreciate it. And I hope to talk to you again very, very soon.